Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Happy April Fool's Day. Today is Monday, the 1st of April. We just finished uh, our conference for Teach Them Diligently in Nashville, and we are hitting the road headed to Hebron, Kentucky today. Today, I'm going to answer, hopefully, three questions from listeners. I'm going to tiptoe, and I mean, I do mean tiptoe into the topic of vaccines and a couple of other really important questions, including how can we know that our salvation is assured? So stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So I get questions, as you guys know, every week here at the podcast, Um, I want to encourage you before I get started today, because I'm going to be talking about a very tender topic, and I know some of you are going to get angry. If you have an angry email to send me and you send it in an unkind manner, I'm not going to see it. My staff will trash it before it ever gets to me. So uh, I want you to be aware of that. I understand that this is a divisive topic that people disagree, good people disagree. There's gonna be, some of you are gonna listen and you're gonna disagree with me, and that's okay. One of the things that I love about the United States of America is that we can disagree with each other. So uh, with that said, a couple things really quickly I wanted to let you know. First of all, If you haven't registered yet for the Answers for Women conference, that conference is called Sacred this year. We're going to be talking about human sexuality as God defines it. And I really want to encourage you to come out. That is this weekend, this Saturday, the 6th of April. And I will be speaking there along with several other very well-known and uh, really it's going to be a very enlightening weekend. In fact, most of our family is here for this conference, and so I'm excited about it. I hope I see you guys there. Also, today is the first day of the brand new study at MomStrong International. We're going to be studying discernment for the entire month of April. So I want to encourage you to join us over there. It's just $2 and some change every week, and we are um, thrilled to see that ministry growing. It is our hope and prayer that we can encourage you to place a priority on studying God's word so that you can do what the Apostle Paul said, study to show yourselves approved workmen who do not need to be ashamed, who rightly divide God's word. And so we're going to talk about discernment. If there was ever a time in the culture that we needed it, now is the time. And so I want to encourage you uh, to, to join us over at MomStrong International. Also, I'm really excited to announce that we are partnering with the Evangelical Christian Credit Union, and they are coming alongside and helping us make this podcast possible. So I want to introduce you to them. ECCU is a credit union for your family, for you, for your ministry, and for your church. They're a cooperative evangelical Christian credit union where Christian individuals and organizations share resources to grow and support ministry. You guys, I love this organization. I love what they're doing because guess what? It matters where you bank. And if you don't believe me, look at the history of some of the big banks, which will go unnamed right now. But in addition to offering all the banking options that you guys are used to, checking and savings and loan and credit cards and online mobile banking, et cetera, They're going to help you improve your financial life and then give you the opportunity to align your finances with your faith. So I want to encourage you, you're going to hear more about them in the weeks and months to come, but I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a bank or you don't want to support uh, the bank that you're at anymore, check out Evangelical Christian Credit Union at www.eccu.com. 
mailboxmonday.org. I think you guys are going to be really stoked. All right, let's get right into Mailbox Monday today. The first one, as I told you, I'm going to jump into this topic and I, I'm actually not that excited about it, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys my two cents for right now and let you know I am still very much a work in progress on this particular topic, but I wanted you to hear from me because you guys ask me about this every single week. This uh, letter came from Melissa, and the reason I decided to go ahead and take it on is because I really appreciated the way she started her her email. And I want to just encourage you as we talk about this a little bit to be really with me in prayer about how God would have us handle all the situations that we deal with where faith and the culture intersect. And vaccines are no exception. So I'm going to address the topic today from a listener. Her name is Rebecca, and I love the way she started this out. And she says, Heidi, there's a topic that's been weighing on my heart lately, as I believe it is a Christian issue. I understand it may not be something you want to make a public stand on. Our goal is to glorify Christ and point others to Him. And I can see how this topic can be divisive. So I really appreciate, Rebecca, that you that you recognize uh, that this is not a topic about our salvation. <laughs> All right? So she goes on to say, Oregon and Washington have bills going through the legislative branch to take the power to make medical choices away from parents and our trusted doctors and put them into the hands of the government. A similar bill is being formed on the federal level as I type this. This is being discussed as a vaccine debate, but many concerned parents at my church see right through that. We see the danger in the government making our parental choices. This is just the beginning, and where will it end? The federal law is considering tying vaccine status to updating driver's licenses and professional licenses. It's vaccines for now, but it's taking authority from the family unit, disallowing us to make medical decisions from our God-given convictions. I am honestly fearful it is a precursor to Revelation 13. 1917, where no one can buy or sell without the mark. I've spent the last 10 days on my knees before the Lord asking for peace and wisdom, and I'm seeking godly counsel. First of all, Rebecca, the Bible says that wisdom is found in the counsel of many, and so it's wise for us to get counsel. It's wise for us to be seeking uh, counsel from people that we trust about issues like this. My main concern where vaccines are concerned is this particular issue. I, I have learned recently that there are aborted, there is aborted fetal tissue in vaccines. I will be doing a podcast on that in the months to come. That concerns me greatly uh, with regard specifically to the MMR vaccine. But here's the thing, if everybody I know who is pro-vaccine Uh, and supports the existence of medical exemptions do so because they believe that a parent ultimately has the right to choose what what happens with the care of their child. But not all who are in the pro-vaccine community support mandatory vaccination laws that remove religious or or philosophical exemptions. And that's absolutely what's happening here in Oregon and Washington. Uh, We have a pediatrician in our area. His name is Dr. Paul Thomas. He is the co-author of the Vaccine Friends plan. He's the father of 10 vaccinated children. And he argues it's up to parents, not the government or any doctor to ultimately decide what will work best for their children. Thomas provides medical care to more than 13,000 children in his Portland, Oregon-based pediatric practice. Several of my friends actually go to his practice and they love him because he believes that parents must be provided with the opportunity to give, quote, true informed consent. So I wanna encourage you, check out this guy's book for one thing, The Vaccine-Friendly Plan. It's awesome. I also love 
that he believes that parents should have the right to make this decision. I agree with Dr. Paul Thomas. To me, this is an issue of parental choice. It concerns me greatly that we are willing as a nation to remove parental choice from uh, from from the uh, the vaccine debate. And if it's vaccines now, what's it going to be 10 years from now? What's it going to be? Well, for goodness sake, things are moving so fast. What's it going to be 10 months from now? So Thomas, the art, the author of this book, uh, he is not anti-vaccine by any stretch, and he clearly stands for safeguarding medical freedom. And this is what he said, with vaccinations, like with every other pharmaceutical intervention, one other option we must always give patients is to opt out of the treatment. Parents know their family has history and unique circumstances that government officials do not take into consideration that may make vaccination more risky. And so I agree with him. And my position on this comes from my family background in medicine and the experience of talking to parents. And I know that many of you have very strong opinions on this. And like I said, I'm not going to actually dive into the full vaccination argument right now. I want to just touch on the fact that parents should be definitely off the bench and onto the battlefield to fight for our right to make decisions for our children as we see fit. The state has no right to interfere with parents making choices for their children. Uh, The next question comes from Melissa. She says that she struggling with the assurance of her salvation, and she is really having a hard time believing that she is once saved and always saved comes from her background, and she struggled for a long time to uh, to really believe that God loved her. And she said, I don't know how to stop basically doubting. She said, it seems that when I read the Bible, it only accuses me and makes me doubt and fear even more. I pray for assurance, but I still don't have it. Do I need to step out on faith? I am scared of being rejected. Those verses in Hebrews 6, I think, and John, where Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you, terrify me. I want to be his child so much. Can you please address this issue of how a lack of assurance leads to fear and what to do about it? Absolutely. I love this topic. Melissa, guess what? God cannot lie. Did you know that? Throughout the New Testament, we read about God's promises to save everyone who believes on his son. The Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, will be saved. This is a promise, right? And everyone who commits their lives to Jesus can have this firm confidence based on the infallibility. That means it doesn't make a mistake, the the infallibility of God's word. Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. So if you come to Jesus with genuine repentance and faith, and it sounds to me, Melissa, like that's what you've done, then he promises that he will save you and he has saved you. We can know that Jesus has received us because quite simply, he said it and God cannot lie. So when the Bible speaks, that is God speaking. And what God said, he will surely do. He will save everyone who calls upon Jesus. And we know this because we have his word on it. Second, assurance rests on the finished work of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he bore our sin, he endured our punishment and God's wrath, and he cried out, it is finished. And when he said this, he meant the full atonement. That's everything, everything you've ever done, everything you ever will do, all of your sins, past and present and future. He has made atonement for those sins and his work of redemption has been completed. And so guess what? Your entire debt is paid in full. That's why I'm always telling people, that's why I'm always telling parents, Christians should be some of the happiest people in the world because we know where we came from, where we're going. We know our sins have been forgiven. 
We know that Jesus has paid it all. So no matter how great your sin, God's grace is always greater. How do we know this? The Bible says so. And we can trust the Bible because it is the infallible word of God and God doesn't lie right? And listen, uh, our assurance comes through the inward witness also of the Holy Spirit, right? This is a gift. It's given to us by God's Spirit. And if you have doubt, you're not alone, but it doesn't negate the truth of God's Word. So go back to the truth, back to the truth, back to the truth. No preacher, no Heidi St. John, no blogger, no evangelist, no parent, no friend. We don't get our assurance from anyone but God. Neither can we work up to it within ourselves Only the Holy Spirit gives us absolute certainty of our salvation in Christ. So I want to just encourage you, that is exactly what God would have you do, is to follow Him and trust His Word and then rest in it. You can rest in the knowledge that you have been saved through faith. It's not something that you have done. It is an act of God, and He has done that for you in your life. So I appreciate that question, and I'm excited, Melissa, to see you grow in your knowledge of the Lord. So keep studying His Word. If you haven't read the book of John, I want to encourage you, read God's Word. Uh, Read the book of John. It will encourage you greatly in your walk with the Lord. All right, I have one other question. I'm going to try to get to it really quickly today. This this comes from an anonymous an anonymous listener, and she says, currently my family is in an interesting situation of true sin. My family knows God's law and attend church regularly and are active in the church. There are family members living with significant others, having children out of wedlock. So basically, you've got sin inside your family. My husband and I have been in ministry for more than 30 years, and I can tell you one thing is for certain, you are not alone. This happens everywhere. And this is not a new issue for those of us who have been in church leadership for a long time. One of the issues that we have had over the past 30 years uh, is that of the entanglement of church discipline with family relationships. And this is very, very difficult. So I want to be sure that you understand if you're reading verses like 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 11, which says, but now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, a drunkard, a swindler, not even to eat with such a person. And the point that Paul is making is this. I'm not telling you to stop eating with unbelievers who act this way. I am telling you to stop eating with believers who act this way. In other words, it's kind of a, a holy ostracism. So when you see a problem here, you're right. And this is a this is a tough one. This is a tough nut to crack because this is tough for us to do as um as people who want to love one another. And to be honest, this is a tough thing for me to address on the podcast because every single one of us knows somebody who's in this situation, right? And in nearly every one of our families, there's someone who at one point has claimed to be a Christian who has said that they have um, accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but now they're living in a shameless rebellion to Christ and to His Word. So the question is a pretty a pretty good one. Should we just mind our own business? Do we rebuke the person? Do we shun them? How would Jesus have us handle the situation? I'm going to give you three things off the top of my head, and I'm going to link back to some awesome blog posts on this topic today, which I think will encourage you, and you can find those in the show notes. So the first thing is to pray without ceasing. 
So before we do anything, we want to pray. We want to be like um, like the man in the Bible who said he struggled in prayer on behalf of those he loved. You can read that in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. So I want to ask you, are your prayers for your family members like wrestling matches with God? Are you pleading with God that He would perhaps grant them repentance like we read in 2 Timothy chapter 2? So pray for them. Pray for yourself so that you know how to respond and then ask others to pray for you saturate the situation in prayer. The next thing I want to encourage you to do is love unconditionally. A lot of us have a kind of messed up idea of what love looks like. Some people think it's enabling. We're certainly seeing that here on the streets of Portland and in Seattle. Others think that we're uh, that we're being loving when we verbally put someone in their place. But I want you to listen for just a minute to the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient it's kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So ask questions. Don't assume you've got everything figured out. Speak kindly and then choose your battles wisely. The Lord will tell you what to do because it's very important to define what it means to persist in sin. So there are going to be things that we disagree about, but when you see somebody uh, persisting in sin, and Romans uh, 14 and 15 teaches us how to handle these kinds of disagreements, when you see that, you need to go before the Lord and say, Father, what do you want me to do? And sometimes it does mean that we sever that relationship. And these are difficult things, and we need each other. So I want to encourage you, if you are in a good church at some point, uh, the Bible says it's we need to take it to the elders. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, read 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, especially verse 15. Remember, the goal is not punishment. The goal is repentance. That's what we're looking for. And just like Jesus in the story of the prodigal son, when we see someone come to repentance, we rejoice. We rejoice. So I hope this encourages you guys today. I want to thank you so much for listening. Please leave reviews for this podcast over at iTunes. As always, we appreciate it if you leave reviews for the podcast over at iTunes. And if you haven't left a review yet for Becoming MomStrong or any of the books that I've written, we would be so appreciative if you would hop on over to Amazon or Goodreads or Barnes & Noble and leave a review. Every time you leave a review, it helps other people to stay interested and hopefully pick up the book for themselves or for a friend. Also, if you haven't joined us yet at MomStrong International, we want to encourage you to do that. We are getting ready to start a brand new study, and we're going to be talking about biblical discernment in an unbiblical age. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. 